Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The superhero movies and the Justice League, brothers and sisters, there was a superhero called Flash. Remember, Aphrodite's husband's name was Hermes. Now, Flash had wings on his shoes, brothers and sisters. Hermes also had wings on his shoes. So I want to show you where this came from. Flash, brothers and sisters. The wings on his shoes came from the god Hermes, which was the wife of Aphrodite, which between the names Hermes and Aphrodite is where you get the term hermo-aphrodite. In biology, a hermo-aphrodite is an organism that has complete or partial reproductive organs. So there are some people that are born with both a vagina and a penis, and they're called a hermo-aphrodite. That's where the name came from, brothers and sisters. The Greek goddess uh, Aphrodite and her husband Hermes, which together combine Hermo-Aphrodite. I'm just showing you, brothers and sisters, where all these terms came from. She was the Greek goddess of fertility. This is the picture of Aphrodite, brothers and sisters. Remember, we just showed you the picture of Ishtar, the Babylonian and Assyrian goddess of fertility. Then we showed you Isis, the Egyptian goddess of fertility. Now we're showing you Aphrodite, brothers and sisters, the Greek goddess of fertility, brothers and sisters. And we're going to go ahead and continue. We got another one for you. This is another Greek goddess. Her name is Demeter, brothers and sisters. She is also the goddess of fertility. This is what you're celebrating when you are celebrating Easter. Again, the church lied to us about Good Friday and Easter Sunday morning. Let's keep this thing going on. We got another one. The Roman goddess of fertility. This is Venus, brothers and sisters. Why is it that it's always represented by a naked woman, brothers and sisters? Now, Venus was the goddess of love, sex, beauty, and fertility. She was the Roman counterpart to the Greek Aphrodite, which is what we just read. However, Roman Venus had many abilities beyond the Greek Aphrodite. She was the goddess of victory, fertility, and even prostitution. Oh, So now we see why there are images of Easter that represent a rabbit because rabbits are real fertile, brothers and sisters. And here you see a picture of rabbits with each other, brothers and sisters, almost like the dogs when they're on the backs of other dogs. 
There was a term that they used to use back in the day. I won't be vulgar and use the term that they use, but I'll use the clean version of it and say, well, they're having sex like jackrabbits. So the rabbit represented a sexual, fertile animal, brothers and sisters. And then you had another symbol of Easter, which was the egg, brothers and sisters. Well, what was it that the egg represented? And what are we teaching our children when they go Easter egg hunting, brothers and sisters? Well, in Greek and Roman culture, they would take their naked women and they would tell them to go hide. And then the men would go and seek them, sort of like the game, hide and go seek or catch a girl, kiss a girl. And since women carry eggs and fallopian tubes, they would go Easter egg hunting to have sex with the women to impregnate them because springtime was the time of fertility. It was the time when the grass grew back out of the ground and the leaves grew from the branches of the trees, brothers and sisters. This is what you are celebrating when you are celebrating Easter. It is all a sexual perversion goddess celebration, brothers and sisters. And this is why we tell our people, do not give your children Easter. My parents gave it to me. I, well, not my mother, because my mother is a Jehovah Witness, so she knew better, even when I was a child. But my father didn't know better. And my father's side of the family didn't know better. So we would go over my grandmother's house. And she would boil the eggs, and she would paint the eggs, and she would go and put them in the yard, in the backyard, and we would go Easter egg hunting, not knowing that what we were doing was commemorating an activity that was the celebration of another god, the goddess of fertility, Ishtar, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Exodus, the 20th chapter. Let's find out what God feels about these celebrations which commemorate the celebration of other gods. And that's why in the What We Believe, when we first started the show, we said we do not believe in holidays that originated from the celebration of other gods. Let's go to Exodus, the 20th chapter. So in essence, brothers and sisters, again, when you celebrate Easter... You are celebrating another God, male or female, God or goddess. It don't make a difference to God what you are celebrating. He tell us not to do it. Let's read it. Exodus 21 through 5, Ten Commandments. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought, the, brought, brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Let's stop right there. He said don't make them. No graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above. Take them angels down or that is in the earth beneath, take them crosses off your neck, or that are in the waters under the earth, take them fish off the back of your car that got Jesus in it, brothers and sisters. I know in your heart maybe you mean well, but how many people meant well and were 
doing things that were antichrist, although you meant well, but you did not know the word of God. That's why we read it on this show. It, it's not about what we think or how we feel. Well, God knows my heart, and he, he just knows my... not about knowing your heart, brothers and sisters. It's about keeping the statutes, laws, and commandments of the Lord. Exodus 20 and 5, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them. Well, when you are celebrating Easter, you are bowing yourself down to the God of Easter, brothers and sisters. Nor serve them, for I am the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Brothers and sisters, who gave us the Easter holiday in Christianity today? Why are we celebrating it in our churches today? Who did this? Where did it come from? How did it get here, brothers and sisters? Well, in order to know that, you've got to go into your research search engine and look up Constantine, the Roman emperor, and the Council of Nicaea. Let's read, brothers and sisters. Constantine, the Roman emperor, and the Council of Nicaea. In 325 A.D., the Roman Emperor Constantine wanted the Roman church all on one accord. He wanted to maintain control over the doctrine that the world would soon adopt as the Christian doctrine. Constantine had invited all 1,800 bishops of the Christian church within the Roman Empire. About 1,000 in the east and 800 in the west. But a smaller and unknown number attended. Another result of the Council of Nicaea was in agreement on when to celebrate Easter. Brothers and sisters, why is the church coming to an agreement on when to celebrate Easter? What was it about the Romans? What was it about Constantine that Easter was so important that he wanted to include it in the Christian doctrine? Constantine, brothers and sisters, and the Romans were pagan worshipers and sun worshipers and deity worshipers, brothers and sisters. And when they got exposed to Christianity, they began to say, man, there's something about this thing called Christianity that is sweeping over the whole world. We got to get control over this before it gets out of hand. And what do you do to get control over something that you cannot control? You begin to embrace it and alter it and change it so that you can control the version of it that you have. So today, brothers and sisters, those who go to church on Sunday are practicing Roman Christianity. Those churches that bear the cross inside of their edifices are practicing Roman Christianity. Those who have early Easter Sunday service is practicing Roman Christianity, brothers and sisters. 
Let's go ahead and continue. The most important feast of the ecclesiastical calendar was Easter. We also send you the good news of the settlement. Oh, and this is the uh, Nicene Creed. It says, we also send you the good news of the settlement concerning the Holy Posh, namely that in answer to your prayers, this question also has been resolved. All the brethren in the East who have hitherto followed the Jewish practice will hitherforth observe the customs of the Romans and of yourselves. So they took the customs of the Romans and the customs of the Jewish people and married them both together. This is how Roman paganism became indoctrinated inside of the church. It was through the Roman Emperor Constantine at the Council of Nicaea in 325 A.D. How many Sunday worship churches is going to pull out this information and share it with you, brothers and sisters? The church lied to us about Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Let's go to the book of Acts, the 12th chapter. Let's go to the book of Acts, the 12th chapter. Well, some of you all may say, well, Black Eyes, why are you not reading more from the Bible? Why are you not reading more scriptures? Well, brothers and sisters, when you include something inside of the house of the Lord and the word of the Lord that's not in the word, then we got to go outside of the word and take you to where it is so that we can show you where it came from. Let's go to Acts, the 20th chapter. Now, there is only one place in the Bible where Easter is mentioned. Some of you will use this to twist the um, interpretation as an approved day of God. However, we already know that the celebration of the goddess of fertility or the goddess of spring was being done way before Jesus came through Mary in the Gentile rude world. So it is no big thing if Easter is mentioned to be celebrated by the Romans during the 33-year um, lifespan of Jesus that he was on this earth. So let's go ahead and read it. Acts the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 4. Remember, the Jews celebrated the Passover. The Romans celebrated Easter. So let's read about it. Let's go to Acts the 12th chapter, start at verse 1. It says, now about the time Herod, the king, stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it please the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. So these were the days of the Jews. They celebrated unleavened bread. But let's continue reading because now we're about to find out what the Romans celebrated. Verse 4. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four um, quadrants of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. So as the Romans celebrated Easter, the Jews celebrated Passover and the 
Feast of Unleavened Bread, brothers and sisters. Now we can read this thing with understanding. Now we know why Easter is in the Bible because it is chronicling and documented what the Romans celebrated. They had always celebrated this goddess of fertility during springtime, brothers and sisters. So again, now you know how Easter got here. Now you know that it is against God or anti-Christ. So this Easter celebration, we have to do away with it, brothers and sisters. Not because I said it. Not because I want you to do it. Because the Lord commanded us that thou shalt have no other gods beside me. Celebrating Easter is equivalent to building a golden calf, brothers and sisters, in the wilderness, the same way the children of Israel did when Moses went up to the mount to get the Ten Commandments. Now, let's deal with this Friday, Good Friday situation, brothers and sisters. Was Jesus killed on a Friday? The question is, how can you get three days and three nights from Friday sundown to Easter Sunday? Again, how can you get three days and three nights from Friday sundown to Easter Sunday? Let's go ahead and give you some knowledge on this, brothers and sisters, some scriptural knowledge. Let's go to the book of Matthew, the 28th chapter. Matthew, the 28th chapter. Now, when we look at the days of the week, if you go to your calendar, on every calendar, brothers and sisters, the first day of the week is always to the far left of the calendar. Again, the days of the week are always to the far left upper corner of the calendar. So when we look here at the days of the week, we have Sunday, the first day of the week, brothers and sisters, and then Monday, the second day, Tuesday, the third day, Wednesday, the fourth day, Thursday, the fifth day, Friday, the sixth day, and then Saturday, the seventh day or Sabbath day. Again, let me show you two, family. When you look at the calendar, the first day of the week is at the far left, upper left corner of the calendar. On every calendar, well, they've changed some now, you got Sunday, the first day of the week, Monday, the second, Tuesday, the third, Wednesday, the fourth, Thursday the 5th, Friday the 6th, and then Saturday the 7th day of the week. The Lord named one day of the week. And that day was the 7th day of the week in which he called his Sabbath day, brothers and sisters. Now, when you get into today's terminology, the Romans began to name their days after their God. That's why Saturday... Today is named Saturday instead of the Sabbath day because they named Saturday after the god Saturn. They named Monday after the moon. They named Tuesday after the god Tuesday, brothers and sisters. Thursday was named after Thor. Sunday was named after the sun, brothers and sisters. 
So the Romans always dealt in these warships of these other gods, so much so that they named months after them. They named days of the weeks after them, brothers and sisters. God called his Sabbath day the seventh day of the week, which we now know to be Saturday. We know that Jesus was killed after the, uh, or on the Passover, brothers and sisters. He took the Passover. He was the Passover, brothers and sisters. The day after the Passover, which is also the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, was the day he was captured. I'm sorry. The, the Passover was the day he was captured and killed on and tortured and crucified on. But remember, the day starts at sundown. So let's go back and let's calculate this thing. Let's go to Matthew, the 28th chapter, and find out when they came to the grave site or the sepulcher to try to find his body. It says, Matthew 28, 1, in the end of the Sabbath, which means that the Saturday was still here, it was just ending, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, which we now know as Sunday, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and become as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, remember it's still the Sabbath day. It's just at the end of it, as it's beginning to dawn towards Sunday or the first day of the week. The angel said, Fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. So at the end of the Sabbath day, before it was over with, Jesus was already gone, brothers and sisters. I'm going to say that again. Jesus was already gone at the end of the Sabbath day. Let's go in the book of Daniel. Now that we know that he was risen on a Saturday, which was the last day that he was in the grave, before the sun went down and it started Sunday, we got the day that he rose on. Now let's find the day that he was killed on. Let's go to Daniel the ninth chapter. Daniel the ninth chapter, and we're going to go to verse 27. Daniel, the ninth chapter, and we're going to go to verse 27. Let's find out what day the Lord would be killed on because Daniel predicted it or prophesied it according to what was given to him by the angel. It says, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, the word midst, the root is M-I-D, which means middle. In the middle of the week, he shall cause the sacrifices and the oblations to cease. What happened when Jesus died? When Jesus died, brothers and sisters, it was the end of animal sacrifice. Again, when Jesus died, it was the end of animal sacrifice. The veil was ripped in twain. 
The veil was that instrument that they used that when they killed an animal for sin and poured the blood out, they would dip their finger in the blood and sprinkle it on the veil. But when the veil was ripped, there was nowhere else for them to sprinkle the blood of the animal on, thus ending animal sacrifice. That was the New Testament that Jesus said his blood was for when he took the Passover. This is for the New Testament. The end of the old, animal sacrifice. The beginning of the new, Jesus sacrificing himself for the remission of our sins. So Jesus, according to Daniel, was killed in the midst of the week. He was killed on a Wednesday. What is the midst or the middle of the week? Let's look at it, brothers and sisters. And YouTube, I'll show you in a minute, a little bit clear. We have seven days, brothers and sisters, in a week. The first three days are Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. The last three days are Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And the day that's in the middle of the week is Wednesday. Now, remember, the evening comes first, brothers and sisters, and then the morning comes. But we'll, we'll, go, to, we'll go to that in a minute. But let's find out how many days... Jesus said that he would be in the grave. We got the day that he rose on, Saturday, before sundown. We got the day that he was killed on, Wednesday, the day that he was killed on Wednesday, the day that he rose, which was Saturday. Now, let's find out how many days Jesus said that he would be in the grave, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Matthew, the 12th chapter. Matthew, the 12th chapter. Verses 28, Matthew, the 12th chapter, verses 28, verses 38 through 40. Matthew, the 12th chapter, verses 38 through 40. It says, Then certain scribes and Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and an adulterous generation seeks after a sign. And there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was there three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall, it, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So it has to be three days, and it has to be three nights. Now, brothers and sisters, before we go and look at the three days and three nights, I want to take you one more place. Let's go to Genesis, the first chapter. Genesis, the first chapter, we're going to read one verse and verse 5, because I want to show you so that you can have understanding when we show you these three days and three nights, what comes first in a day. Now, man today says that your morning starts and then your day ends at night. But God says something different. Genesis, the first chapter, verse 5. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. So the evening comes first, and then the morning comes, brothers and sisters. So God starts his new day at sundown. God starts his new day at sundown, brothers and sisters. So now let's look at the three days and the three nights. Since now we know 
that a new day starts at sundown, that the evening comes before the morning, let's look at the three days and the three nights. Jesus was killed on the Passover, which was on a Wednesday, according to Daniel. He had to be taken down off that cross and put in that sepulcher or that grave by sundown. Because then you started the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So the first night that he was in the grave was Thursday night. And I should have printed this backwards because I know it's showing backwards to you. So Thursday night was the first night that he was in the grave. What comes out to Thursday night? Remember, the evening comes first and then the morning. So after Thursday night, you got Thursday during the day. At sundown, it starts Friday. Then you got Friday night, and then after the evening comes the morning, you got Friday in the morning. And then when the sun goes down, you got Saturday evening, and then you got Saturday morning. And then when the sun goes down, Saturday, it starts Sunday. But remember, they came to the sepulcher. At the end of the Sabbath, at the end of Saturday, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week. So Sunday hadn't got here yet. It was the end of Saturday before sundown, Saturday during the day. It was getting dark. He was already gone. So, again, he was killed on a Wednesday. First night he was in the grave was Thursday night. What follows Thursday night? Thursday morning. At sundown, it starts Friday night. What comes out the Friday night? Friday morning. At sundown on Friday, it starts a new day, Saturday. What comes out the Saturday night? Saturday morning. These are your three days and your three nights, brothers and sisters. So how do you go for Easter Sunday service? What service are you going to Easter Sunday, brothers and sisters? Could it be? that you are worshiping the sun on the day that the Romans set aside to commemorate the sun, which was Sunday, which is henceforth how it got its name, Sunday. It was the day of the sun. So the fact that you are going to commemorate God on the day of the sun, brothers and sisters, that the Romans set aside, we got to do a checkup from the neck up, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Matthew, the 27th chapter. Matthew, the 27th chapter. Matthew, the 27th chapter. And we're going to read a little bit further. Here we learn three things, brothers and sisters, that Jesus wasn't put into the grave until evening which according to the Bible is the beginning of a new day. So again, if he was killed during the day on a Wednesday, he wasn't placed in the grave until Thursday evening, which is what we just read, brothers and sisters. Let's read Matthew 27, verses 57 through 63. Matthew 27, verses 57 through 63. When the evening was come, there came a rich man of Armethia named Joseph, 
who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in clean, clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewed out in the rock, and he rolled a great stone, stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. Now the next day, the chief priest, um, now the next day that followed the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that the, the deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days, I will rise again, brothers and sisters. So again, we got the three days, brothers and sisters. And again, they had to take him off that cross before the Feast of Unleavened Bread got there, so they put him in a grave, brothers and sisters, that evening. The confusion, brothers and sisters, came in because the Roman Catholic Church didn't understand that addition to the weekly Sabbath, there are seven feast days which are high Sabbaths of the Lord. So again, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is taking place right now, is a Sabbath day, is a high Sabbath day. In addition to your weekly Sabbath day, which is on Saturday. Let's go to the book of John, the 19th chapter. We got three more places and then we are done. John, the 19th chapter. John, the 19th chapter. Let's go here. John, the 19th chapter, and let's read verses 30 and 31. And it reads, When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, is it, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation the day before the Feast of Unleavened Bread, that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day. For the Sabbath day was a high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Let's go down to verse 41 and 42. Now, in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new sepulcher, wherein was never made yet laid. There laid they Jesus, therefore, because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulcher was nigh at, um, at hand. So, brothers and sisters, again, the first night that he was there was Thursday night. Second night was Friday. Third night was Saturday. And because the morning comes after the night, the first day was Thursday, the second day was Friday, and the Saturday, the next, the last day was Saturday, and before the sun went down on Saturday, which was going into the first day of the week, as we just read in Matthew the 28th chapter, Jesus' body was already gone. Let's go ahead and close this thing out. It was the church, brothers and sisters. More specifically, the Roman Catholic Church, who under Constantine and his bishop lied to us and is still lying to us. Easter is Antichrist, and Good Friday ain't no damn good. Have you been following the right church? 
What is the real church? What is God's church? And who are the real Christians or the first Christians, brothers and sisters? Let's go to Acts, the seventh chapter. Let's go to Acts, the seventh chapter. If you want to know who God's church is, then you've got to go to Acts, the seventh chapter. If you want to know when God's church started, you got to go to Acts, the seventh chapter, brothers and sisters. Let's read at verse 36 because, see, some people think that the church started in the New Testament under Paul or under Peter. No, brothers and sisters, the church started in the wilderness. Go to Acts, the seventh chapter, verses 36 through 38. It says, he brought them out after that he had showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness 40 years. This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, a prophet shall the Lord God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me, him shall you hear. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness. Wait a minute. The church started in the wilderness? Who did the church comprise itself of? Remember, it was a mixed multitude that came out of Egypt. So the first church was a universal church, brothers and sisters. And when Jesus comes back, the last church is going to be a universal church that includes Israelites and the stranger that joins themselves unto us, brothers and sisters, who keep the statutes, laws, and the commandments. Let's read that again. Verse 38, Acts 7 and 38. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us, brothers and sisters. So now we know that the real church is Israel, brothers and sisters. And what was the real church following? The Sabbath day, the dietary law, the Ten Commandments, what no crosses, what no Easter, what no Christmas. So the church of God in Christ is Israel, brothers and sisters. So if you're a Christian or call yourself a follower of Jesus, shouldn't you be doing what the Israelites did? And are doing today. This is why we are teaching this word. It's so important for us to keep these statutes, laws, and commandments to the best of our ability. Now we know who God's church is, Israel. But now let's find out, brothers and sisters, also who the Christians are, who the first Christians are. See, there are two different Christians. There is Roman Christianity. And then there is the Christianity of this Bible. Let's go to Acts the 11th chapter, and we'll close out with this. Acts the 11th chapter, we know who the real church is now. Let's find out who the real Christian is. Acts 11, and let's go down to verse 26. Acts 11 and 26. I'll start at 25. 
then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Paul or Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. So let's set the scene up right now. You got Barnabas and Saul, and they are, they are in Antioch. Let's set the scene up, right? And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church, which means they assembled themselves with other Israelites, brothers and sisters. The church is not the building. Church is the people. So when the people comes together to worship God, there you have church. So when Israelites came together, they were called the church. So it says right here that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So what is a Christian, brothers and sisters? A Christian is an Israelite that keeps the statutes, laws, and commandments of God. So if you call yourself a Christian today, that means that you are following the doctrine of the Israelites who keep the statutes, laws, and the commandments of God. Brothers and sisters, the Roman Catholic Church lied to us about Good Friday and Easter Sunday. But I'm here to declare to you today that Easter is Antichrist and Good Friday ain't no damn good. We thank you so much for your time. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. For those who are on YouTube, please go to Facebook and like our um, Facebook group page, which is the Truth Hour Bible Show. And for those of you who are on Facebook, we need 350 more people to subscribe to our YouTube channel, and that YouTube channel is called Truth Hour TV. I'll put that in the thread. Also, YouTube or Facebook, if you'd like to be added to our text message invite reminder list, then text your name and the keyword truth, and the keyword truth Hour to 312. 312- Seven one nine seven three one zero. Again, three one two seven one nine seven three one zero. Again, text your name and the keyword truth hour to three one two seven one nine seven three one zero. Thank you for your time, YouTube. Until next Tuesday. Peace and blessings. Now, brothers and sisters, for those of you who are out there, again. You can't say that you know and love Jesus and not keep his word. So I understand that many of us before today may not have known about the celebration of Easter, where it came from, where it originated from, and how it came to be a part of Christianity today. Well, after this show today, now you know, brothers and sisters, and now that you know, I leave it between you and God. I am not here to judge you. I am not here to call you any names or anything of that sort. My job is to just share with you the truth as it is written in the Bible, brothers and sisters. Share this lesson. Start your watch parties. 
we got about a few more days before Easter actually gets here. We got about a few more days to reach our people before Easter gets here, brothers and sisters. Show them that Easter is not of God, that Easter is Antichrist, and Good Friday ain't no damn good. I thank you for your time. I thank you for listening, brothers and sisters. Team Truth Hour, I want to say that I love you, and I appreciate all that you do to help us get this word out and to get everything out there, brothers and sisters. And I just want to take this time to acknowledge the members of Team Truth Hour. And if you would like to be a part of Team Truth Hour, then reach out to us too. We're looking for more dedicated brothers and sisters to help this online Bible ministry. I want to thank Brother Adrian Mason. Sister Amber Lamont, Brother Bakersman White, Brother Brandon Stabler, Sister Crystal Wells, Sister Hadassah Israel, Sister Janet Cruz, Brother Jordan Anderson, Brother Jordan Stubbs, the messenger who could not be here today, Sister Key Israel, our Sister Crystal Osborne Ebram, our Sister Linda A. Israel, our Sister Linda Tillman, our brother Lionel Noel, our sister Michaela Israel, our sister Savannah Holland Israel, and our sister Tavia Israel. We thank you and we love you so much, Team Truth Hour. I could not do what I do without you. Although the people don't see you in front of the scene, these are the members and the and the brothers and sisters working behind the scenes, making sure that we get these shares out there. Um, lending their support and their ideas to the, to the lessons that we do on a weekly basis. Brothers and sisters, this is a tireless work. And we're not looking for people to say thank you. We're not looking for people to appreciate what we do. Everybody's not going to like this word. Everybody's not going to like this truth. The most important thing for us is that we do what God commands us to do and we do what we feel is right in our heart to do to get this word out there, brothers and sisters. That is our mission. And again, we thank you. Let us stand up and let us pray this thing out. And again, continue to pray for our pastor, Brother Bowie, who's recovering from the coronavirus. And it's amazing how God works. As long as he has been down, there has not been a church service, brothers and sisters, or a Bible class. So just about when this thing is over with, the Lord is going to bless our, our senior pastor to be healed, and we're going to start back like we never missed a beat, brothers and sisters, because when we go back to class, he'll be back to class with us, brothers and sisters. Let's go ahead and pray out. Father God, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we come to you on this Feast of Unleavened Bread, Holy High Feast Day, Father God, and we say thank you. We say thank you, Father God, for what you have done for our people. You gave us the greatest example in the land of Egypt, Father God, when we were slaves under a cruel and wicked nation, Father God. It is the same today, Father God, we are still enslaved, Father God, not physically anymore, but mentally, spiritually enslaved, Father God, under a system where we remain captives in a strange land, Father God. But the same way you sent plagues into Egypt, Father God, is the same way, Father God, we are experiencing plagues here. But you taught us and showed us that as long as we are under the blood of Jesus, Father God, 
that we are protected. And being under the blood of Jesus, Father God, we know and you told us in your word is being baptized for the remission of our sins in the name of Jesus, Father God. So we pray that you protect us and guide our steps, Father God. Everyone that is with the listening ear of my voice, that is in sight to you, Father God, that you protect them and that you cover them, Father God, and give them grace and mercy. For all of us don't know the truth and all of us don't know the right way to go or what to do, Father God, but at least open our hearts to receive your word so that we may learn and grow and know, Father God, what it is that you want us to do, Father God. We pray this special prayer over our senior pastor, Brother Henry Bowie, Father God, that you continue to bless him, his ministry, his Bible class, which is your ministry, which is your Bible class, Father God, and you continue to heal his body, Father God, for we need your servant, Father God, and we pray for his complete healing. We pray these things, and we pray that you are edified, that you are glorified, and those who are watching are edified. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, Father God, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, God of Israel, in Jesus' name, amen. We thank you, brothers and sisters. Again, continue to share this lesson.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.